0: Whether it's taking care of family... Mikey, stop harassing your sister. Climbing the corporate ladder. Yes, yes, yes. We need to create a new spreadsheet for the project. I know, I know. Or even taking care of loved ones. I'm here for you, Mom. You have to put you first. It's the Know You First podcast with host Amanda Smith.
1: Hey y'all, it's your host Amanda Smith ringing in with you episode four of the Know You First podcast which is entitled Amplify You. What better time to talk about turning up the volume and applying some much-needed pressure than in Women's History Month and my spotlights for this month of March will be Women Disruptors and Game Changers. We're all enduring an interesting time in history, given the unique challenges that our current times are blessing us with. And we just have a lot of noise to cut through and deal with. These are not unique circumstances. And because they are not, with every increasingly diverse way we are consuming content, to what the competition is looking like on the job market, or let's just say staying healthy, you know? We are still dodging our way through grocery stores and on our job, we're converting more face-to-face activities uh, to the virtual environment. None of that has let up. We're competing with much more and none of this has a frame of reference because we haven't been through anything like this before. Um, With all that said, guess what? (laughs) You're still going to have to shine. You're still going to have to come strong to the surface. Uh, whether it be making strides in your career or staying well enough to take care of your family and loved ones. It won't be easy, which is why I am so thrilled about this episode, which includes a woman in media who is cultivating a movement of empathy through storytelling. I will also spotlight another woman who just defied all the odds turning her back on all the haters and naysayers after she had gotten fired from her C-suite job at the age of 42 uh, and divorced with a one-year-old son back in 2009. All right, no need to delay any further here. Let's get right into it. The Spotlight. Kicking off this first spotlight in Women's History Month will be Heather Monaghan, who is a 20-plus-year woman in media turned inspirational speaker, author, fellow podcaster, entrepreneur. Jeez, I I hope I didn't miss anything here. I discovered Heather while listening to her podcast, Creating Confidence, where she talks about, you know, just that, creating confidence and pursuing your dreams, leapfrogging the villains. (laughs) I love that. Her words, by the way. I'm spotlighting Heather because... Uh, If inspiration was a thing, she is it. Heather had a successful career in media, climbed the ranks to the C-suite, and was fired unexpectedly at the age of 42. Uh, Divorced when her child was one and really had to pull it out from somewhere on how she was going to create her new life. You know, as a single mom with no job. So yeah, in case you're wondering how Heather's doing now, Uh, Well, please let me do the honors in telling you. She wrote her first book at 43. She didn't start her podcast until the age of 44. She gave her first TEDx talk at 45, and she became a faculty member at Harvard at the age of 46. So yeah, Heather is doing mighty fine. Um, it looks like she went from fired to fired up, (laughs) so go Heather. And what we should learn from Heather's story is that opportunity comes in many different forms. And sometimes when we're not ready, you know, hence the term stay ready, what may seem to be complete devastation in that moment could be you're out uh, to pursue far more bigger and better things. So thank you, Heather. Um, this is why she has made it to this episode's
0: spotlight exclusive guest interviews.
1: I have a special treat for you guys, and I am just so excited. Uh, My guest on this episode is someone who just oozes, I mean, oozes with creativity and innovation. She is also incredibly intelligent and is the absolute sweetest. Uh, Her name is Penher, and we met several years back through a mutual friend in media. Pim is the senior product manager for The Washington Post, a supreme creative, where she collaborates with tech futurists, business leaders, and Pulitzer Prize-winning newsroom partners on the daily. I mean, this is her life. I really love this woman because she merges the marketing and creative world to her genuine leadership as a conscious member of society. There's no separating the work and personal life of Pim. It's all one and the same. She uses her platform to convene powerful conversations around diversity and inclusion, leadership, and community building. She serves on the board of LEAD-IN, a learning organization focused on leadership, and was co-chair of the National Diversity and Inclusion Task Force at the American Institute of Graphic Arts. So please join me in welcoming Pim Hur.
2: Thank you so much, Amanda. Hi, y'all. So happy to be here.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited. You know, COVID has tried to stop a lot of greatness for us, but um, we are not going to let it control us and let it rule us in this moment. So, Pim, I know you've had so much that you've been doing, and I want to just talk to you about amplifying you. When I Decided to talk about this topic. You came to me, and actually, I was looking for different content ideas. I came across a post um, that you had shared on social media, and you were referring to, I guess, like, I can think, I don't know if it was a friend or a family member of yours. And you were talking about how we oftentimes shrink ourselves, and it resonated with me. And I think immediately after reading that post, I just shot you a message, and I'm like, Pen, I need to have you because you were spilling the gems, you know, uh, on that post. And so, I want to first talk to you about why you think people struggle with amplifying themselves fully.
2: All right. That's such a great topic. Thank you for thinking of me. Um, and this one, I, we can go everywhere, but I'll try to keep it short. Um, I was talking with another friend the other day, and I said, I think so many times in life, it, things get truncated down to this. Are you using a fear-based mentality or a growth-set mindset mentality? And most people, you know, we, our default mode is to go towards fear. So that means that even when you know that the status quo is not safe for everyone, is not good, people would rather kind of preserve what's the normal kind of way of life rather than, um, you know, kind of challenging that and saying, let's change because this isn't working for everyone. You know, people are scared of change and they're scared of something new. And so they kind of say, let's not do that. And the reason why I bring this up is because I think society has conditioned all of us as individuals to not play the role of the hero. They think, you know, we all kind of are conditioned to say, oh, someone else is going to do that. I'm just going to be a bystander. Um, and then what ends up happening is we kind of get into this situation where we will never play the main character in our own life, right? And then we're not the protagonist. We don't save ourselves. We wait for someone else to save the day. And that's just not good for anyone. And so like what I try to do is encourage people to say, no, be your own hero. Don't wait for someone else to save the day. You can do it. And that means showing up 360 degrees, all of you, not just the part of you that you think other people will like, you know, it's the loud part or the part that, you know, is going to speak truth to power and to reason and make other people feel uncomfortable. But sometimes that's what's needed to make things change for the better. Um, And so I I hope that gives you a good idea of um, just kind of the way I think
1: Absolutely. And I love that you share to kind of make this your daily practice, make this who Mm -hmm. you are. So when there are circumstances where you do have to um, show up presently, fully, um, Mm -hmm. you're already kind of doing it. It's not, you know, that fear, you know, taking over, you know, our our judgments and the decisions we make. Easier said than done, I know. (laughs) Um, So I I would love if you could leave us some gems on how people can overcome that fear because it is such a complex process and such a vulnerable process. And, you know, we don't like to be vulnerable. Mm
2: -hmm, For sure. And you you already kind of hit the nail on the head. I think the first thing you need to do is to to become your own best friend and to get to know yourself real well and to create moments of stillness where you can hear your voice real loud and clear. So for some people that may be journaling for others it's literally just sitting down and just asking yourself like who am I and that may seem really weird or cheesy especially for people who feel uncomfortable sitting down and just doing that but uh, the reason why I say we, we should start there is because that's when like all those other voices in your head actually calm down and then you're like Oh, it's just me and you know, whatever is my truth inside. And so when you start there, you the next question kind of becomes, what is my why? Like, why do I believe the things I do? Who am I really? And what do I believe in? And what will I stand for? Especially when, you know, like life and time demands it. So a perfect example is like everything that happened with the Black Lives Movement within 2020. Because prior to that, I think some people thought they could still be asleep on the topic and then excuse me, no, this is like an ongoing thing that we should always, you know, be advocating and fighting for But I saw a lot of people kind of finally wake up and not just be woke because it's performative, but because, oh, God, we need a change. And that's a moment where if you knew who you were already, you knew what your principles were and where your values that you would have felt very comfortable saying, this is something I believe in. And we need to, you know, fight for change. But if you're uncomfortable, you don't even know how to kind of take that mic and say something. Because if someone hands you that mic, you may be like, oh, I don't want this. I, I, I'm i too uncomfortable. But again, if you get to self-actualization through the practice of figuring out who am I, what do I want to stand for? What do I believe? That's how you get to the next layer of saying, and what do you, to the world, like, what do you believe? What will you stand for? You know, are you going to stand with me and with justice or are you not? And that's really where I think you can go. But again, it goes back to what you're saying, Amanda, where it's the you know, kind of the self-practice, the self-discipline of saying, really? who am I? And and when you start from there, that's when you get your confidence. That's when you are ready to kind of take that next step.
1: Well, you know, I think that's, those are great strategies. You you shared a wonderful piece where you talked about, you know, silence. We know silence is complicity. And actually, when the you, you referenced the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, that's what we were seeing a lot over time. So yes, we were hearing messages about that. But then we were also hearing messages about if you're silent, <laughs> if you're not speaking up, then you're just as part of the problem. And um, I think that absolutely relates back to um, how we focus inward and, and view our do our self auditing and be fully present. Well, let me ask you, Pim. most of our interaction has been in the you know, career oriented circuit. I want to know if you could share a personal story where you may have had to kind of focus inward to amplify you and dig a little deep to kind of be fully present.
2: Thank you so much. Uh, And that's a beautiful question, to be quite honest. And you're right. Usually we only wear one side of ourselves or, you know, like come off as this is just professional versus a personal, but we
1: bring both in whatever arena. Well, COVID told us this this year (laughs) that it's all meshed together. You know, I was just saying we see like little kids crying in the backgrounds of meetings now, like personal is interfering right with our career. So Yeah, yeah, well
2: said, well said. All right. So I have two stories for you. I'm a rambler, so I will try to keep it short. We'll see. So number one, um, I was a senior designer at Politico. And by that point, I had kind of climbed the ladder just enough. And I could have stayed very comfortable in that realm and just stay very professional, go to AIGA events, which are like um, association events for professional designers um, in America, and just you know, kind of talk the talk and walk the walk like that. But I, I started really feeling like I need to tie my all, my whole identity um, into everything that I'm doing. And I want to also let my colleagues know that I care about showing that I am Hung American. Um, and so for anyone who does not know, Hung people are a stateless nation of people. So we have our own culture, our own customs, our own heritage, but we don't have a piece of land, aka a state to call our own. So state, not like the United States, but like a literal, you know, country. Sure. Uh, and excuse my ignorance. Mm-hmm. What are you, are you saying huh,
1: huh, Hung, H-
2: mm-hmm. so Hung? So it's okay. uh, H-M-O-N-G. Uh, the h is silent so just kind of think of it like a or like almost like a silent h that creeps up and it's like Hmong. um and so basically most people don't know about it, so so no worries no ignorance there it's because it's kind of like when the history books purposely selected to make sure you weren't written in uh what happened was many many centuries ago uh china before china became china it was kind of like we should become china but that takes warfare it takes you know basically saying we're gonna cancel other people so that our people can survive so that our customs become the norm, right? And so um, Hong people then had to keep migrating down south to Southeast Asia from where China was Um, to just try to find peace and to find a home for ourselves. And so as we went down into Southeast Asia, everyone kind of turned on and said the same thing. Like, who are you? We have our land. You don't belong here. So that's been like literally the thing that like my people have heard for centuries is you don't belong here. And then finally, we found our way to America through um, a whole history lesson that I will not give you here. um, But basically, we ended up here and it was the first time where my people could really have a place to call their own in a country that said, you're here you're welcome to be here um so it came uh but realized wow america's complex too though like they like i grew up in america as a kid so it's not that i um uh, was raised somewhere else first so i basically grew up here since i was an infant and the reason why i'm giving this history lesson is because i realized like whoa i have privilege in being able to go to public free you know like schools um and you know like to kind of have a chance at life um as opposed to being where i would have been before in a refugee camp without any of these um you know, like kind of natural rights, so to say, um, because most likely it would have been young girls don't get prioritized. It'd be the boys who get to go to school or this and that, um, et cetera. So anyway, all this, all this to say, I went to school knowing that like, I'm living a better life than I probably would have been before um, if I didn't get the opportunity to live here, but also realizing there are a lot of like inequities in America. Let's not lie about that. Right. And so thinking, especially about like my black and brown brothers and sisters and thinking, hmm. There's a problem here and like thinking about like American history and Native Americans and wondering how did we address all these things, right? And then like going to corporate America and realizing like people are perfectly comfortable to so just sit in a boardroom and go on with life while ignoring these major issues um that are, you know, like beyond just a social construct that goes into everything else and you know every other part of life. All this to say I was like, how do I tie all these things together into who I am? Because I don't want to be another person who's just sitting in any You know, corporate space and pretending those things don't matter to me, or only being able to silo that into you know a personal post on a blog or in my Instagram. And so, um, all this to say, I started doing a lot of DEI work um, at an industry level for AIGA, um, and it—the reason why it felt selfish was because I think a lot of colleagues didn't always understand, like, why are you, you know, skipping out on work. And taking this one-hour meeting about DEI stuff for your industry, why are you leaving work early to join a panel or to do an event about helping mentor the next generation of young designers who come from um, uh, underrepresented backgrounds? Um, So I really had to listen to, you know, like my conscience. And I just said, you know, it's not enough to just be um, at the best. In, in your career as a professional you have to do more than that and so you know if i wanted to just please the people around me I felt very uncomfortable wondering like what is she saying in these meetings about dei is she talking about us are we doing something wrong and just being like it's it's not about the you and me it's about the larger the greater whole and the larger mission that i have to be a part of and so yes it felt selfish at times but i just said i
1: have to do this i i can't not do this it's absolutely a fantastic story and wow, good for you for having that revelation. I mean, that's not hard to come by, you know what I mean? You have had to go through some experiences to be able to, you know, finally say, okay, I can't do this anymore. Because I mean, let's be honest, we do want to climb the ladder ourselves. And so we do kind of like you were saying, do those things that we know will check the box, you know, typical societal norms. And after a while, you're just like, you know, this is, this is, this is not right. You know, your your conscience speaks up to you and you're just like, I can't keep doing this. Especially like you said, when we have other people in this world who are underprivileged and, you know, certainly should be, have a little bit more focus on them. So good for you. Good for you. I think Thank you. Awesome.
2: Yeah. And to put a pin on it, just very lightly, I think um, almost like the, because you and I, I think we're on the same page. I think the, the thing that we're not saying out loud is, You rock the boat when you say, I care about DEI in a corporate space or to your coworkers. People, even if they are for it, like my manager thankfully was all about it. He's like, Kim, do it, go for it. I believe in you, you know, I'll cover for you. And then my next manager at my next job did too. But you know, there are always gonna be people whose feathers get ruffled and they're like, what are you doing doing that? You know, and so it takes a lot of bravery and a lot of strength to say, I don't care
1: if it makes you uncomfortable. I really will do this." Absolutely. Well, look, the late John Lewis, what is that? Good trouble? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I'm all about that. Absolutely, and I know you are.
0: <laughs> we'll have more with our guest on the know you first podcast with host Amanda Smith. Mm-hmm. And we are back on the Know You First Podcast with host Amanda Smith. Well, let me ask you. So you have done so
1: much in your career. Woo, um, and I just would love for you to shed some light on your most recent project, uh, PimChat. I've been following it a little bit on social media. It looks very interesting, and I would love for you to share kind of the purpose behind PimChat.
2: Thank you so much. So uh, this project came out of kind of me asking myself, like, why do so many different organizations and people ask for either my help or for me to kind of professionally moderate and facilitate different um, different conferences, workshops, and conversations? about um, the things I care about, such as DEI, or just saying, hey, Pim, we just think you would be the right person in the room to kind of be the face behind this conversation, uh, to lead a conversation about why we need DEI, or um, it doesn't have to just be DEI, it could be like women woman in the workplace or something else. Um, and so I, I thought to myself, like, why do so many different people ask me for help in organizations? Why am I not doing this independently? Um, because clearly, people see this as my mission. I know this is my mission, but I'm not branding it as this is PIMS. And so that's why I wanted to create my own kind of solo venture and to capture my own lightning in a bottle, as opposed to letting people kind of take a tiny tube of lightning, so to say, you know, like for their own (laughs) cause. And there's nothing wrong with that. I want to share the love and, and the load, so to say, but, you know, I thought, okay, it's time for me to do it myself. It's been about seven years in the industry. I don't want to just keep doing this for someone else. Um, and Absolutely. that said, my goal isn't to make money. Yeah, it isn't to necessarily reach millions. Like, it'd be great if I did, but like, I'm not going to be doing it. Like, I, um, I, I'll i back up and say, I do marketing for a living. I've been a student of branding and design. So if I really want to do that and go fast and build a, a quick audience, I could, but I'd rather do it authentically um, and Absolutely. slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know, Amanda, you understand that. Um, so yes.
1: I sure <laughs> do. Passion before finance, and I know that yes. sounds wacky, but you know, if you're doing it all for the money, uh, <laughs> a lot of people did a lot of things for money this year. Where's that gotten them? You know, they've had to change up their their plans, their business plans, their models. But if you know the passion's there, perhaps you could evolve in a different way. I Couldn't agree oh. with you more.
2: Oh, thank you. And 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 just to wrap up, it's like, people know that they sense when you are authentic or not. And so yes. the only other thing I want to say, like, what makes Pims chats different than other people's? Um, it's, to me, it's that usually when you have conversations about, you know, self-actualization, it's through the lens of just, you know, you are a business owner. How can you help your business self-actualize and be authentic? But that's still just business talk. Um, and there's enough of that. And so I thought to myself, like, how come, like, our soul doesn't get like, um, or rather, how do you let not just your mind learn but your soul and your spirit learn at the same time? So pims Chats is a place like a home for that where when you show up, I want all of yourself to show up first to have deep and soulful conversations. I, you know, kind of very much the Oprah way of um what is the super soul Sundays, right? Like I want to have those kinds of deep conversations. but instead of having it with, you know, like the most popular person that everyone knows, I think everybody has something to give and something to share. So I really want to find um it may seem offensive, but it really isn't. It's like, extraordinary stories from ordinary people because That's we are extraordinary. all extraordinary yeah and we all have extraordinary stories and points of views and so i really want to capture that um and and to share that with other people um and so the last thing i'd say is oftentimes when i've done events in the past uh, there's always somebody who's like hey i am like a working mom i don't have time to come to your event at 7 p.m or 8 p.m at night even if i wanted to be there i can't be a guest and i can't be an audience member so i want to create a virtual space where either i can record and i can share it afterwards or i can Give a transcript and just say, here are the, the best, you know, top five things that we've learned from this conversation with someone, et cetera. So I'm just really trying to create basically like a soulful classroom for people yes. and to kind of just say, okay, this is a course I want to take, not that one, but thanks for introducing like seven different ideas to me, and I'll take idea one and two.
0: I uh, love
1: so, that. That the is soulful, The soulful yeah. classroom here. <laughs> <Chats>. <laughs> I love it. Well, let me. So, how can people attend? You said social media, or how, how can people? Yeah. Take it?
2: There, there are two pl- uh, places and ways you can um, kind of stay in the know. The uh, The best place is Instagram. You just go at P-H-I-M underscore chat, C-H-A-T-S. Um, and Amanda will probably link it somewhere. And yes. then the other place is my just launched website, PimHer.com, P-H-I-M-H-E-R.com. Uh, And that's where you, especially if you can't attend things live, because I have a lot of Zooms or Face or Instagram lives. um, I will always try my best to transcribe things into the blog section, so you can just go there. Pimher dot com.
1: Wonderful. Well, look, um, we can certainly talk about amplifying you for more hours than now. And I wanted to see if you could leave us with. Either some words of inspiration that you try to live by or some affirmations that you might, I don't know, any mantras that you do, Pim, in the morning before you get ready. I mean, we, we're trying to get some of that energy that you're exuding on this podcast. Uh, we'd love to see if you could share some of that.
2: I'll tell you one that almost seems like a reverse, but it, it will make sense. Um, my 10th my, grade history teacher told me this. he said, don't stretch yourself too thin. And I was like, what does that mean at the time? She's like, you are doing so much. You are like the lead of every club. You're doing all these other things, you know, side projects after work, et cetera. She's like, and and this goes back to amplifying yourself. It's like, if you stretch yourself too thin, you can't actually perform or do well for yourself or anyone. You can't actually amplify yourself the way you want to because your voice is going to be real dim because you're too tired and too, you know, burnt out. And so that was a good lesson from her. She said it to me one day, like in study hall. She's like, wait, how many things are you doing? What? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, kind of like that. And I was like, I'm doing all these things, but I believe in them. She's like, you may believe in them, but are you really, you know, putting the right energy where you need to? So that's my advice for everybody, especially in the middle of COVID is to, you know, give yourself rest. Don't stretch yourself too thin, figure out the one or two things you really can dedicate yourself to and, you know, forgive yourself if you feel like I'm not doing enough, because trust me, you probably are.
1: Well, you know, that is something that I'm going to actually take in a lesson that I'm going to embark on myself because I'm completely guilty. Like you, I have a million and one interests and a, li- a million and one passions, a million and one things I want to do. Um, but the whole preface to this Know You First podcast is being able to work on yourself fully. So you're not giving fragmented versions of yourselves to either the people you love or your job or your career. And so with that, what a wonderful way to, to leave here. Pam, thank you so much for joining us on the Know You First podcast.
2: Thank you so
0: much. The word, the word.
1: When I was thinking about the quote to share this week, I couldn't shake this energy I was feeling about the importance of timing. The timing of opportunity and the timing of when we're about to embark on our next move the timing it takes for the learning process. And I thought this quote that I'm going to share with you sums this up pretty well. And that quote is, don't be afraid to start over again. This time you are not starting from scratch, you are starting from experience. This speaks so much to the focus of amplify you because it is the fear that oftentimes holds us back. And this fear that consumes us is really, as you guys know, it's really all in our head. Um, Sure, you can take that risk and it'd be disastrous, but you can also take that risk and completely blow up. It could be that real come up you were seeking, but you were just getting in your own way. Um, And so with that, get out of your own way and start again. It's Amanda Smith, y'all, on the Know You First podcast.
0: Executive producer and host, Amanda Smith. Sound engineer is Rashad Smith. Music by Motion Array. Know You First podcast is published by WaveSync Media.